0: Welcome to this course on the Bible through the ages. Essentially, this is a course on how people have read the Bible and why. Or said a little differently, how people throughout history have answered two big questions. The first question is, what is the Bible? And the second question is, how should we interpret it? Right, and, and I want to begin with just a generic question of why, these, why this issue matters. And, and I'll start with my own personal story. I grew up, as many of you did and an American culture that is uh, really an, an interesting mix of, of two worlds or two contexts. Uh, one is a, a context of a traditional religion, uh, Judaism and Christianity, and the other is a context of uh, an Enlightenment worldview. And I, and I think, um, I, just to describe how I've experienced these two contexts, the, the traditional religion I really experienced through my, my surrounding family and culture. I grew up in the, in the Bible Belt a hotbed of traditional religion in the United States, and I grew up in a conservative Catholic family there. And both of these communities, both my family community and the larger community, tended to read the Bible uh, as a literal description of events that happened uh, historically as they're described in the text. Um, And at the same time, I grew up in a culture that is very much influenced by the traditions of Enlightenment and Modernity, which really equate truth with scientific verification. Right? If I can measure it, if I can dig up something out of the sand uh, that proves it really happened, then it, was, then it is true. And the result of uh, these uh, two traditions, these two worlds in which we live in the United States has been, as, as we've all experienced, really endless debates uh, about uh, or endless conflicts between uh, what the Bible says on one hand and, and what science says on the other. Um, and the key moment, really, in 20th century American culture that crystallized this particular the debate, this particular conflict, was what we call the Scopes Monkey Trial from 1925. This is one of the first major uh, celebrity trials in American history. And so if you remember the O.J. Simpson trial and the constant media coverage that came out of that, uh, put that in, into the 1920s, and that's essentially what you have uh, happening with the Scopes Monkey trial. Reporters came from all over the country. They were giving daily updates. Everybody was following this on the radio and in the newspapers. And as I said, it's it's the moment in which we uh, don't invent the clash between one way of reading the Bible and one way of approaching science, but it, the moment in which it gets culturally crystallized in, in the American uh, context. Now, the background of this uh, is, is is well known. In the 1920s, there were a whole bunch of states in America that were passing laws to forbid teaching evolution in the public school. And uh, this isn't something that's gone away. The Last time I did a survey was back in 2005, and in that year, 13 state legislatures actually had bills that were considered to prevent or limit the teaching of evolution in their public schools. And this involves some of the usual suspects, places like Alabama and, and Arkansas, where I'm from. Uh, but also places that you might not expect, places like Florida and New York and Pennsylvania also had and considered bills like this. So this was happening in the 1920s on a, on a scale even more significantly than it's happening still today. And in 1925, the state of Tennessee passed what was called the Butler Act, which was the most uh, intensely... Um, rigorous uh, of these particular laws to ban the teaching of evolution, and essentially what it said was that you couldn't teach anything that contradicted a literal reading of the creation story in Genesis, whether it be in a public high school or even in a publicly sponsored university. And there were a whole bunch of people that wanted to challenge this law, challenge its constitutionality, and the group that took the lead was the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, and they found a volunteer in a high school biology teacher in Dayton, Tennessee, named John Scopes, who was willing to, uh, actually quite glad to, publicly violate the law in order to bring it to court so that people can contest the constitutionality of it. And as I said, this was a great celebrity trial. Uh, the defense and the prosecution were both represented by two of the high-powered attorneys of the day. O- on the defense side of working for the ACLU and representing John Scopes what was Clarence Darrow, uh, and if you remember Johnny Cochran, this, I mean, Clarence Darrow is the Johnny Cochran of the 1920s. And he has just finished a very high-profile celebrity case, a murder trial in Chicago, has made him very well known. And he gets hired by the ACLU to go down and represent Scopes. And on the other side, representing the prosecution, is William Jennings Bryan. And Bryan is, uh, is, was a three-time presidential candidate. Uh, a great populist leader, probably the most important of this sort of what it means to be the American people, this populist movement in the early 20th century.